Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What is going on? Hey, thanks for joining me today on the Shaleen Show. This is a Car Smart Friday edition. I am in my car. Please put your seatbelt on. We've got some things to talk about. All right, so super grateful always that you're here. It's Friday. Are you excited? I hope you have something fun planned this weekend or, or maybe you have nothing planned and that's exciting. Sometimes like nothing on my schedule makes me so freaking happy. Are you with me? Like just, oh, I don't have to do anything. And those are usually the days I do like, or the weekends where I end up doing a lot of things because I don't have to do anything. I love those weekends. I just talked about this on my stories on Instagram. Do you follow me on Instagram? You know, I'm thinking you might not. If you don't, I highly suggest you follow me on Instagram stories. I'm always dropping some kind of fun little nugget for you. If nothing else, you'll end up spending more money on Amazon because I'm always sharing like my latest obsession. Anyways, what I talked about on Instagram stories, I think I did a reel on it too, is I freaking love it when things get canceled and it creates a euphoria in me. I came out and declared this week that cancellations are my love language. I don't care if I've driven an hour and have a special outfit on and then I get there and it's canceled. I'm like, awesome. Woo! Like, and I said in the reel, like, what is this? Why is it some of us just get so excited when things are canceled? And, you know, I just was reading everyone's comments on like why they love it when things get canceled. And I think it's different for everyone. For me, when something gets canceled, it means freedom. Even if it's something I've scheduled, I feel like I, okay, I have to do this at this particular time. And when I scheduled it, I was really in the mood to do it. I was really in the mood to meet this person for dinner. I was really in the mood to go to this party. I was really in the mood to do whatever, whatever it was I'm doing. And now I'm here and I feel like I'm forced to do this thing and maybe I'm not in the mood to do it now. Do you know what I mean? And so when something's canceled, no matter what it is, it just feels like a huge heaping dose of freedom. Like, you mean I can do whatever I want for this next hour, two hours? Like I'm free? And I've already taken a shower and done my hair and makeup. Are you kidding me? Like glory be to God. Like it's, that's part of it. And the other part, I think I've told you guys this. The other reason why I think I love it is because growing up in the Midwest, snow days. Snow days meant it was like playing Russian roulette. You would wake up in the morning and if there was a heavy snow before you went to bed, you went to bed so happy. You were just like giddy. It felt like Christmas, like Christmas Eve, because you knew in the morning there might be a big surprise. You might wake up and your mom might say that she was listening to WVAV or whatever the radio station was. And guess what? School's canceled. And that because I loved being with my family and I had a happy childhood that meant like a snow day with my mom and my dad and my sister and my brother and it meant like 
doing fun things at home and crafts. And my mom was super crafty. And so it was always like painting or just doing cool things. And so I have lots of happy memories associated with cancellations. So anyways, someone said, yeah, I don't like it though when someone cancels and I've cleaned my house. I'm like, yeah, even that, I don't care. I get it. You know, it doesn't bother me at all. It also doesn't bother me if you're late. I know that drives some people freaking nuts. But the way I look at it, I'm like, this is wonderful. Because now I've got more time to like, whatever. If you're, if you're late and we're supposed to be meeting for lunch, I have a phone. I can respond to messages. There's things I can do. I can, I can go and shop on, online. I can edit my photos. I can write notes for my next pod. There's a million. I have, I have a computer in my hand with my phone. So I like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I don't know why people freak out about that. I know some people, it is like the most annoying thing in the world. Whenever I talk about the fact that I'm sometimes not late anymore, like today I showed up for my appointment. I had an appointment with Sierra. We went and did a fitting for her dress and her mother was there a half hour early. Why? Because Rachel, my assistant, my ADHD manager, she lied to me about the time and it works like a charm. I can't figure out her system. I don't know what the methodology is. Sometimes it is a lie. Sometimes it's, you know, she's got it in my calendar 15 minutes earlier than what it should be. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. I never know. And I love it because the worst possible case scenario is that I'm going to get there a little bit early and I can work on my phone. So I was there 30 minutes early. But anyways, whenever I talk about the issue that I'm, you know, I struggle with lateness. I struggle to estimate time. Holy cow, do people get angry. They're like, there is nothing more rude and selfish and more inconsiderate than making somebody wait. I mean, like, it really makes people freaking mad. And that used to be Brett. Brett used to be like, oh, my God. <sighs> you know, and I have to respect that. Like, it could, because it makes him feel super duper anxious. If I make us late, I can see how anxious it makes him. And I don't like to feel anxious. So I respect that it feels horrible for him and I do everything in my power to make sure I don't make him feel that way. But he also, we are at a stage in our relationship where he also knows like it's not intentional and I'm going to go to like extreme lengths to be on time, but it's not natural. And I, you know, I have to do all these weird things and he has to play along. Doesn't have a choice, or we're gonna be late. Like I always tell him, like, why in the world? What am I driving over? It's so bumpy. I'm like, why in the world? If we have a flight that leaves at 4 p.m., why in the world? When we've been married for 27 years, why in the world would you tell me the actual time? Like it's not that hard. He's like, well, why is this my problem? It's not your problem, but you know I have this problem. So like, it's so easy to just lie to me, and I'm asking you to lie to me. So now he's starting to, but he kind of does it reluctantly. You know what I mean? Like it makes him, I don't know why. He's just like, you know, I shouldn't have to do this. I know you shouldn't have to, but you know, like also it's just the way my brain works. And bottom line is this, what do you want? You want to be there in time. So let's do this. You know, that's kind of like how I try to look at, sorry, I'm going to move my keys or making all kinds of noise. I kind of look at all things that way. Like you just enter into any discussion, any confrontation, any negotiation and just ask yourself, okay, ultimately, what is my objective? And what would I need to do in order to accomplish this objective? And 
that means you've got to set your ego aside and ask yourself, okay, so what do I have to do to make this happen? So anyways, I know that's just a topic that really divides people. So it's like we shouldn't talk about politics, religion, or being later on time because wow, does it divide people. Okay, so I also want to just interrupt real quick and give Brett a humble brag because this man has been so devoted to trying to repair whatever's going on with his neuropathy and, you know, naturally. And he's just doing everything that he can. Anything that anyone suggests, he's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And the one thing that he has learned from every expert, and I know you know this to be true, is that sleep is the ultimate when it comes to repairing the body, especially the neurological system, the brain, your muscles, everything. And that happens during your deep sleep cycles in particular. So when he got his aura ring, he immediately could see that even though he was getting a lot of sleep, he was getting very little deep sleep. And he has been doing all these little things to try to tweak his deep sleep. Right now, he's getting like an hour and a half to almost two hours of deep sleep a night. That's insane because for a while there, he was getting 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes max, and it was affecting his mood because it would bum him out. He would look at his sleep score and be like, what? I'm never going to get better. So he started doing like all these little things to tweak his sleep. And the thing that's allowed him to know if in fact it's making a difference, because you don't wake up and say, oh, I can tell I've had a lot of deep sleep. You don't wake up and say, I'm not getting enough REM sleep. You just can't tell or feel that. You have to look at data. And the average person can't afford to like do sleep studies once a month. So by wearing his aura ring, he's been able to immediately know what is working and what isn't working. I'm going to tell you what he's done. He's cut out alcohol and he's cut out THC. So he was experimenting with just doing a THC gummy. Not the gummies that I talk about, not the sleepy gummies. Those don't have any THC in them. But he was trying to like, you know, hack the system. So he would take a CBD gummy and then take a THC gummy, not working. Then he just went to just doing the sleepy gummy and a shot of magnesium before he went to bed. And I'm not kidding. His deep sleep is through the roof and he's got his results from his aura ring to prove it. For me, I love the aura ring for the same reason. Like I have the opposite. I, I just keep trying to get more REM sleep. And for me, same thing. I can't do any THC. I have to do very, I mean, more than most people. I have to do two of the sleepy gummies and then I can see my sleep score make a huge difference when I forget to take my sleepy gummies. What I love about the aura ring is it's it's not an uncomfortable band. I'm not someone who wears a watch. I love that it's waterproof. It looks super stylish. It goes with all my jewelry. Like they have silver and black and like this kind of matte, stealthy black looking one. They've got gold. I've got the gold one. I love it. And they range in price from like $2.99 to $3.99. And I'm not kidding, you guys. It's a game changer. You'll become obsessed with it. You'll be looking at your scores every single day. You can get now six months free of your Aura Ring membership that gives you like all these cool stats with their new Aura Ring Generation 3. Can you use your Generation 3 without a membership? You totally can. Absolutely. I just want you guys to know that too. But if you want to try the membership so you can see all the extra, you know, like scores and activities, etc., then you might as well take advantage of using the six months free, which you get when you go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash ring. Okay. Listen, Aura Ring 
they don't sponsor podcasts. I've been begging them to do this because I'm so obsessed with the ring. You know, we put one on Bob. If you've got a loved one who is suffering from, you think, sleep apnea, if you're suffering from brain fog, by the way, the, the new, I'm, I know I'm freaking out. I'm getting too excited, but the, the new generation three aura ring, it tracks your heart rate variability. It will tell you when you're about to get your period. That's insane. I mean, it tells you activity level when you've done too much like it can tell when you're about to get sick it's crazy it's unbelievable it's like a computer that you wear on your finger so check it out go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash ring and when you do you'll get six months free of your membership which by the way again you don't have to have a membership to use the aura ring but it's kind of cool to get those extra features shaleenjohnson.com forward slash ring but speaking of flights, I was on time for my flight this weekend by three minutes. And that's because I was not traveling with Brett. So for my best friend's birthday, Dr. Michaela Sarno, she turned 50. And so I surprised her and flew the two of us to Las Vegas last weekend. And we went and saw the Michael Jackson One show. Now I did an episode of Patreon. If you're a Patreon member, you know what I'm talking about. It was interesting. So we told the story she told the story of being set on fire in her office building and how she ended up in the burn unit. And this was in 2015. And it's this crazy story. And she basically almost lost her life. But it taught her so much about just life. And she had such an incredible perspective on it. And of course, she's one of the funniest people I know. So she found so many ways to make this horrific experience kind of funny. And especially in retelling the story. So if you're on Patreon, the one question that kept coming up over and over again, because I guess we didn't like really answer it. We did, it's a two-parter. So if you haven't listened to it and you're a Patreon member, it's on the $5 level. You should check it out. But I wanted to just answer this question that anyone would have. This makes sense even if you haven't listened to Patreon. So in the part two, we talked about like what happened basically after she was in the burn unit and then how the pain medications really messed up her digestion system and resulted in her having diverticulitis. And that was ended up kind of being a funny story. But in, while we're telling this funny story, we were doing so from the hotel room in Las Vegas. And I just want to give everybody an update because we were doing it from the hotel room in Las Vegas. And at the same time, I was walking her through her first set of Lashify lashes. And it's kind of a traumatic episode. But I just want you to know everything worked out in the end. And the reason why she had some problems with her Lashify lashes is because we didn't have a 10x mirror. And she's has no like near vision. You know, we all have to wear readers like after age 40. Like, if you have to wear readers... You need a 10X mirror if you're trying to put lashes on, especially Lashify. So two things. I wanted to let you know that her eyes are fine. She was able to get her Lashifys on and they stayed on. Mine are on now. Gosh, this is going on like day six. Pretty excited. I'm getting better and better and better at it. So I'm, I'm a fan and she's, she's becoming a fan. But those first couple of times you put Lashify on, they, mm, it's a thing. You're going to be like, no, this isn't for me. I suck at this, but just stick with it. Just try it. Just keep trying. Anyways, the other thing that we didn't, like, I guess, because reading the comments from Patreon that we didn't really answer is her scarring. So she has healed up very well. There's definitely scarring on her neck and on her hands. I mean, there's scarring everywhere that she was burned. 
but she's pretty olive skin toned. So it blends pretty well. I mean, the doctors are, I mean, they're stunned by how well she healed. Even the, the I mean, her neck, it's crazy to me how, how well it healed. So she, you know, and every year it just gets lighter and, and lighter. So that's good. And she's not afraid of fires, which is really interesting. I thought like, you know, cause she did therapy for it, right? Right out immediately afterward so that she wouldn't be traumatized by fire. Cause I mean, it was a horrific experience. So I just want to give you guys that update. And even if you didn't listen to Patreon, you probably would have those questions. So we went to Vegas and I got us tickets to the Michael Jackson one show, which is the Cirque du Soleil show. And I talked about how I felt kind of conflicted before we went because, because it's Michael Jackson. And I don't know if you saw the documentaries, the documentary called Neverland. I think it was what it was called on HBO with Wade Robson. And I forgive me, I forget the other victim's name, but I watched that show and I watched the Oprah after show and I am, no one could be a hundred percent certain, but I feel very strongly that those boys were victims and sexually molested and raped by him. I feel very strongly that even if all of those things didn't come out until later, I just think everyone turned a blind eye to the fact that here was a grown man sleeping with children. What the F? It's just not okay. So strange. And we all, you know... Back then, we're like, that's kind of weird, but I don't know. We always thought, but he's kind of a child himself, and we made all these excuses, and I think that's what everybody around him did. So anyways, my point is this. Going to the show, I felt a little, like, I don't know, weird about going to the show because, I don't know, you know, because of the victims. But then, I don't remember who or where it was I had heard this, but that the proceeds from the show were going to his estate and the estate was paying his victims. And so that to me was like, yeah, okay, I can make sense of that. I can make sense of that. But then after, and I'll tell you how I felt about the show in just a second. But after I watched the show, I just had a weird feeling. I didn't feel good about it because, and then I started doing some Google searching and learned, which I wish I had done before it, but I did some Google searching and learned that Wade Robson's lawsuit which went on for years, was dismissed. That just sucks. His case was dismissed. And the, one of the main reasons why is because when he originally testified, I don't remember how many years ago, as an adult, he was called in to testify in another sexual abuse case brought by a young boy who was you know, now an adult, but who was sexually molested and raped by Michael Jackson. And Wade Robson, who's a choreographer, who was an amazing dancer. He is, I don't know if you know him, but he used to be on So You Think You Can Dance. He was a choreographer on that. He's just a phenomenally a, a talented dancer. He, he dated, I think, Britney Spears for a little while. I think that might be part of the Justin Timberlake saga. Anyways, my point is, he testified on behalf of Michael. This is maybe 10 years or so ago and said, no, Michael was a great guy. I was with him as a child, but he never touched me in that way. And he would never do that. And the courts were like, well, so you were lying then? And he said, yeah, I was. And that really went 
against his credibility, but I'm sorry, I get it. He's a heterosexual man who's married and doesn't, I mean, that's the most embarrassing thing for a man. There's so much shame for victims. There's so much shame that so many victims lie when they're confronted. You know, they cover up because number one, they don't want to believe it themselves. And number two, if they, they do know it to be true, they just want to forget about it. They just don't want the scrutiny and the pain and, and just the fear of losing people and the fear of judgment, which hopefully anyone who has come forward knows that all those things are far bigger in your head and people usually will surround you with love and affection. And, and that's what happened with Wade and his wife when he really did finally come to grips with it. And he, he, he changed his story when his children reached the age that he started being molested by Michael. And then he started really struggling with his mental health. And that's very, very common for someone who is a victim or was a victim of child abuse, that you'll start to feel very triggered around the same age that your abuse started if you have children. And so, so anyways, I, I Googled that after leaving the show and it just, it made me feel sick, it made me feel sick to my stomach. I went right to Wade's website and made a contribution. And I just want to mention this, like he does like live one-on-one coaching, life coaching. And I don't know, I just, I don't know anything I can do to help him. I, it just breaks my heart to think that he's, I mean, I know what that feels like to be so let down by the legal system. And when you're up against an estate that has like a billion dollars, how do you win? Literally, how do you win? So I do feel very conflicted about going to the show. I understand celebrating the music. It's a part of our history. It's a part of our, our own childhood memories. And you can't take away the fact that he was a creative genius. And I'm sorry if you disagree. I also think he was a monster. I also think that he abused and robbed children of their innocence. And that's, that's just really disgusting. So when I left, just like seeing these giant posters of him, like it would have been, I guess I kind of expected that the show was just going to be his music and other people dancing. Like we weren't celebrating him. Do you know what I mean? Like we were celebrating the music and that seemed different to me than celebrating the man. But once I was at the show, it felt a lot like we were celebrating the man. Like they played these little clips of his voice and he said something about like the little children. And I'm like, uh, you might want to take that out. I don't know. I just, that's just my opinion. It made me feel really uncomfortable. Not real happy that I went because I learned, you know, that money goes to his estate and the estate is fighting all these victims. So the show itself, the performers were amazing. You know, Cirque du Soleil is an incredible show. If you've never seen a Cirque du Soleil show, they are incredible. They're just a feat of physical excellence and beauty and people can do these amazing things with their bodies and the dancers were phenomenal there were a couple couple of dancers i was like uh you know what i think you've done this performance a few too many times you're marking it and that's not fair to the person who's next to you who's like 
basically going to get whiplash because they're killing it. They're like going so hard and like every movement counts. And then there's that person next to him who's kind of like, and three and four and five and six and one and two and three. You know what I mean? Like kind of marking it. And I was like, mm. my eye always goes to that person. I'm like, dude, like you have an understudy who would love to kill it right now for you. And you're just, you're mailing it in. Don't do that. Like you're dancing for a living. You're dancing for a living. That's the coolest thing in the world. Like so many people would give their left arm to do that. Don't mail it in. Go all out. So I would highly recommend going to see a Cirque du Soleil show. I don't know that I would recommend going to see Michael One and now, now you know why. Also this week I had all of my regular checkups. I'd had my blood draw and I'm not trying to brag, hum- humble brag here though, but look, I'm super duper excited about this. I think this is like the first time in... I don't know how long ever maybe that I had like a perfect score. There wasn't one area where I was deficient in my nutrients or iron or my cholesterol was perfect. My hormone levels were perfect. Like everything was freaking perfect. I'm like, what? Are you serious? Come on. And they're like, well, don't get too excited. You know, we got to take it every six months and we're just going to have to keep tweaking you until you hit menopause. Cause I'm not technically in menopause yet, but I'm like, okay, I want to tell you how I, was able to do it this time. You know, I take a vitamin pack every day. It's called Myself Again. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And it includes all the things that you need as a woman specifically that help to balance like everything you need, like your bone remodeling. It's got a super high dosage omega. It's got your vitamin Bs. It's, I mean, it's got everything in it. I can't remember everything off the top of my head, but it's like everything you basically need to keep your nutrients in balance. And then I take my supplements for my brain that just help with like brain fog and dopamine uptake and, you know, all those things. And then I take, let's see, what else do I take? Uh, Obviously, then I take my hormone replacement therapies. So I'm currently doing a low dosage of estrogen, a low dosage of testosterone, and a low dosage of progesterone. And I'm perfectly imbalanced right now. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. And I feel it. Like, I literally feel good. And it, so it, like, makes sense. Like, my energy's super high. I feel attractive. Does that sound weird? But, like, there are times where I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on with you? You are just a slug. Ugh. You know that you're being hard on yourself, and I, I try to snap myself out of that as quickly as possible. And I, I'm telling you, I don't have many days like that. And I haven't had days like that in a long time. Like, I'm feeling myself. I don't care what I weigh. I don't, you know, I'm not caught up in like all the little things, but like my skin has never looked better. My energy has been really high and the way that I've done it. Okay. So I had my blood tested six months ago and I was all off. Everything was off. And I'm like, I was super frustrated because I'm like, I'm taking all my subs. I'm taking all my supplements. I'm doing all the hormone replacements. So why is everything off? And my doctor, Dr. Lee and Dr. Singler, they were just really kind of honest with me. And they're like, well, every day? I'm like, well, most days. And they're like, okay, so how often do you... I'm like, well, you know, a couple days a week I forget. Yeah, and then I did go on vacation. I did forget to bring everything. So yeah, there was that two-week period that, yeah. And then, you know, I, I would say most days I remember. But the fact of the matter is, I was really super inconsistent. And so I'm like, all right. I just need to know that I'm not wasting all this money. Are you with me? Like, cause I'm like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to 
be so regimented about this. I'm going to create the habit. I'm going to put all my supplements right next to my little devotional, right next to my makeup kit. And if I'm not going to let myself listen to a podcast unless I've taken my supplements and I'm going to do this every freaking day. And if we go on vacation, I'm not going to forget them. And I'm going to do this every single day, seven days a week. And I'm not going to miss. And I did that because I really wanted to know, like, is this a waste of money? Like, what's the point if I'm doing all this and my everything's out of whack? So I did it. And I guess I have my answer. Like consistency. Dude, that's it. It's consistency. You know, it's no different than someone who's like, I'm eating healthy most of the time. I'm exercising most of the time. Mm, You know what I mean? Like consistency is legit. It's a thing. So I'm happy about that. I'm also happy that did my mammogram and pap smear and all that came back great. It was uncomfortable. I got to tell you to do my mammogram. Because I had my breasts redone, obviously, you know, the whole story with the doctor. And they're just super tender. They are still inflamed and there's the scarring is bizarre. I know you guys have asked like for an update on that. The scarring, I don't even understand it. Like it is so red and inflamed. I've got a another consultation with another expert who's going to take a look at my scarring and try to help me understand what's going on. It's hard to explain. So it's like, it's not like the scars are crazy, crazy wide. I mean, some parts they are, but so they do a lollipop scar around your nipple and then a line straight down under your nipple and then a line kind of looks like a smiley face under your breast to do a lift. And they should be like thin lines, but minors, there's probably... I would say an inch wide of bright red inflamed and it's been seven months. It looks so strange. And, you know, I went to one plastic surgeon follow-up, Dr. Kackemeister, and his belief is that I'm having a reaction to the sutures that they've used. And what's crazy is the other women who went to him, you know, there's like a big, huge group of us, And, you know, we all chat. Everyone, same thing. Now, some of us more so than others, and I do kind of have sensitive skin, so that might be partly why mine are are so, so inflamed. You know, because Dr. Michaela went to the same surgeon, and hers are red too, like redder than anything should be, but they're not as wide or as inflamed as mine. So there's just something going on. So I'm really kind of, you know, looking forward to getting some answers from this next surgeon to figure out like, what what is going on here? Like, what is this? When will this go away? Were these sutures that didn't dissolve that were supposed to? I just don't know. I could not tell you. I just thank my lucky stars above. I thank God every day that I didn't end up with the infections that so many of these other women did. So I guess I can't pl- complain that much. Oh, I want to tell you this quick story. Oh, wait, how long have I been going? I don't want to keep you here all day, but I do want to tell you this quick story. So when I was in Las Vegas, I'm standing in, this is after we saw the show, then, you know, we went and got a little champagne because that's my drink, you know. I just do not drink cocktails anymore. I'm not drinking anything unless I know it's been imported. That's why I do, like, dry farm wines. I'm not going to do an ad for dry farm wines, but, like, legitimately, I'm not, because I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in Vegas and feel like crap the next day. So we just did, you know, let's, just do it right. You know, like, so let's just order the expensive champagne. So I order us two glasses of, you know, nice champagne and we're having a, a little cocktail. And this guy is 
like making this like bug eyed face at me. You know what I mean? And he's like looking at me and with his hands up, kind of like, like, hello, do you not know who I am? That kind of a face. And he keeps like pointing at his face and he goes, Shalene, 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 do you not recognize me? Do you not recognize me? And I know I talked about this last week, but this was different because I did recognize him. I knew, I knew him, but I, and I knew I liked him. Does that make sense? But I couldn't remember, I couldn't place him immediately, but I'm like, I, I know this face and I know this is a face of someone who I, I knew once and I liked, and then all of a sudden it came to me. I said, Steve, and he said, yes. I'm like, oh my God. So here's the deal. When I first started teaching Turbo Kick back in Aliso Viejo, California, we're talking 2000 and yeah, 2000, 2000. Wait a second. Is this Brock driving towards me? I might have to pull over. Is that Brock? Nope. That's not Brock. That isn't Brock. Nope. Same color car. Everyone's got that like car that's like the color of a shark. You know, that new gray color. You know what I'm talking about? It looks like a shark. Anyways. So his name is Steve and this is all the way back in 2000. Let's see. No, probably 2000. Yeah. 2000. And I was, you know, teaching fitness classes and I created this program called Turbo Kick and I'd started this company called Powder Blue Productions. And we were like in the beginning stages, right? Like money was just tight and I had just had Sierra and there was this kid that worked at the front desk at 24 hour fitness named Steve and he was just a mover and a shaker he was probably like 19 or 20 years old and I just loved his personality and he told me he was going to film school at Chapman Chapman University and I'm like well could you film some videos for me like I'm gonna do these choreography videos he's like sure so you know I knew I could get a great deal if it's this like young kid filming the videos and he's literally a film student so he's got to know what he's doing and so he worked with me for probably like two years and I just loved his personality I loved it like what a little go-getter he was and super I'm just so fun we vibed on the same kind of music and he hooked me up with some DJs that helped us make music back then etc and so one of the stories was after I had Sierra okay so this is in the days of hustling and grinding Brett I think, I think Brett still had a regular job. Can't remember. I cannot remember, but I'll have to ask him. But either way, he wasn't as involved in the business then. And so I wanted to just get our name out to all the health clubs. So I booked us a booth at a fitness convention in Chicago, this big fitness convention. And I had this idea. I'm like, I've got this creative vision for a boxing ring. We're going to set up like a full blown boxing ring and we'll be doing like turbo kick moves in it. And we'll be giving out people flyers and we'll hand out people t-shirts to people. And it's going to be amazing. And then once I started doing the research, I realized that the boxing ring was going to be like $5,000 and we were already spending a fortune to send myself and Anna Rita and Steve. And I had this newborn baby, Sierra, who I was nursing at the time. And we're going to Chicago to do this convention. And we're like, we can't afford a boxing ring, but I need something that makes us stand out. And Steve's like, we can make one. I'm like, I love it. So we land in Chicago and we go to, I don't know, a Home Depot and buy like a black tarp to put down on the ground and like PVC pipe and black spray paint to make the posts for this boxing ring and then like drilled holes in the PVC pipe. Now, I don't even think we drilled holes. I think we tied rope around the four 
PVC pipes that were the corners, just like janky white, you know, nylon rope. And I don't remember what else we did, but if you're picturing something that a nine-year-old would make, you've got the right vision. And it was just so much work and so much time and I had a newborn baby and I just want this business to pop. Oh, I just want to make a mark and I'm trying to do it on a shoestring budget. We're just trying to make it work and we got pushed. Like we had the cheapest booth in the entire convention. There's like Nikes there and Adidas and they've got these like huge, ginormous setups with like backdrops and cutouts and dressing rooms and music blaring and just gorgeous right and we're like over here with this like boxing ring that looks like a nine-year-old made it with this miserable looking new mom trying to nurse her baby with a body she's just like oh don't anyone don't look too close I promise this workout works and you know <laughs> and Rita is just a live wire and, and Steve, and we're, we're just like a hot mess. We're just like, don't come over here. And we're hawking these, you know, cassette tapes at the time, literally cassette tapes with mixtapes that this DJ made for us. And I'm sure it's all pirated music. And we didn't have the legal rights to even use, to give these tapes away back then. Of course, I didn't know that. We had these t-shirts that I was like, literally in the hotel room on the floor. Like I lay down a towel and was ironing on these t-shirts I thought were like so cool because they had like a stud logo on them and like that was so cutting edge back then and they said turbo girl and I was like ironing them on myself in the hotel room in between nursing Sierra and then running back down to the convention center it was just like such a nightmare and you know we talked about like how exhaust so when I see Steve we're sharing that story right and I'm like I remember okay because now it's I haven't seen him in like 20 some odd years right and he's just like, I've been watching your, your success and it's so crazy and congratulations and, and it's so cool. And, you know, you were really a mentor to me. I'm like, this is so touching. Thank you. And you were, you know, just reminiscing on that one horrible story at the convention center. And so I'm like, so what do you, what do you do now? Cause I knew like this guy's going to be successful. Cause he was just so resourceful and had the best attitude. And he's like, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, what? He's like, you know, those big, huge, amazing displays at the convention centers. I said, yeah, he goes, that's what we do. I'm like, you're lying. He's like, no, backdrop.com. So, all right, little little shout out to backdrop.com for your, your exhibiting needs. How crazy is that? Fun story. Anyways, I thought you might enjoy that. Got some really good stuff coming up for you tomorrow on the Patreon. If you are on the vault level and you missed the live that Brett and I did, we put the recording up there. And by the way, when you join Patreon, you get all the back episodes. So that's kind of fun. So you might want to do that today. I don't know if it, what you got going on this weekend, but for your listening pleasure, it's all sitting there waiting for you. But we've got some good stuff coming up for you this weekend. And I have a phone call. I've got a couple of phone calls this week with people from the press that want to talk about the situation. Let's just say that. So I always want to clear that first with my attorneys, just make sure what can I say? What can't I say? And I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on that. But just thanks for being here. Thanks for all of your love and support. I haven't spent any time in the pod squad this week, so I'm going to go jump in there right now and see what you guys thought about this episode. I love you. I mean it. I'll talk to you soon. 
If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. The Shaleen Show is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. The Shaleen Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shaleen's other podcast, Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media, and marketing, and devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.